0: Matthew in chapter 24, the Bible says this, starting in verse 29, immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall, will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet. And they will gather his elect from the four winds. From one end of the sky to the other. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as as its branches become tender and sprout leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near at the door truly I tell you this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away now concerning that day and hour no one knows neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the father alone as the days of Noah were so the coming of the son of man will be for in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and given into marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark they didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away this is the way the coming of the son of man will be then two men will be in the field one will be taken one left two women will be grinding grain with a hand mill one will be taken and one left therefore be alert since you don't know what day your Lord is coming but know this if the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into that is why you are also to be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect it's heavy isn't it it's heavy what I want to do right now is I want to pray. Except I don't want to pray like, hey God, I got a list of things that I want you to do. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't want to pray. And I don't want to pray at you in this moment. I want us as the family of God, us as real, true disciples of Christ to pray. And I mean, pray for real. I, I, I mean, pray in, in, in the way that we've, we've taught you to pray. I mean, to start with praise and, and, and to continue with repentance and, and, and to, to, to move in uh, from there to acceptance and, and to yield to him. I mean, I'm talking about prayer. And so for these next just couple of minutes, I, I want us to pray in a way that maybe we haven't prayed in a while. Maybe you haven't prayed like this ever. But I want us all to pray for it together I want, to, I want to say thank you to God that he came the first time I, I, want, I want to ask God only that he would get us ready just like that scripture said be ready I want Him. I want us to pray that he'll get us ready and then I want us to pray in expectation expectation that Maranatha expectation that we would really truly believe that he's coming So if you would, if you would, let's just pray right now. left your throne of glory that you left your home on high that you left the eternal blessing of heaven to bear the burdens of our sin make us ready make us ready oh Jesus make us make us ready oh God that you would prune away everything that's dead within us Would burn away the iniquities that are still in our life, oh God. Make us ready. Put us, God, put us on your potter's wheel and God spin. Spin us and and, and apply the pressure of, of your hands to our life. Oh God. Oh God. Make us ready. Make us ready. And Lord Jesus, God, we anticipate your coming. We have not forgotten that you promised you were coming back. And God, let us live with a life that says maybe it's today. Let us get out of bed in the morning with an anticipation that says, my God, maybe it's today. Let us, let us have our lunch knowing that maybe it's this afternoon. God, let us come home in the evening saying, oh, family, maybe, maybe it's tonight. God, let us live every day. Let us breathe every breath with an expectation. God, let us glance to the sky every time we walk outside just to see if you are there Oh Jesus Oh Jesus Let every heartbeat be with expectation Let every breath be expectation Let every second of our life be in the anticipation of Promise of your coming. Oh God, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and praise Jesus is to come in your name. Amen and amen, let's glorify God in this place today. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord, no. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Miss Nikki. I sure appreciate your help. Ah, come on! Every day, let us get out of bed. Going today is the day. Today is the day, and there's things to be celebrated about that. There's also things to be done about that because I'm not ready I mean I'm ready but there's others that I love where do you think the most information about Jesus' second coming is given some people would say the revelation I disagree I think it's right here in the book of Matthew in chapter 24 straight from his mouth It's called the Olivet Discourse. He was standing there on the temple steps in Jerusalem. And he told everybody exactly what was going to happen. Today we're going to answer the five questions about the second coming of Christ. And I think that you will realize as I begin to teach you these things that you know a lot more about the second coming of Christ than you thought you did. So we're going to learn what? We're going to learn where? We're going to learn how? We're going to learn why? And we're going to talk a little bit about when? When? And like I said, I think you guys will come, you'll be shocked and amazed at the fact that you know a whole lot more about the second coming of Christ than you thought that you did. Let's talk about what, man? He's coming back. Jesus Christ is coming back again. He said he was going to come back, and my God never lies. In the book of Acts, in chapter 1 and verse 7, the the angel appeared and said, what are you doing wasting your time, man? He's going to come back just like he left. He's going to come back just like he left. He's coming back. In the book of First Thessalonians in chapter 4 It, it says that he's going to come and he's going to meet us there He's going to come back and he's going to meet us there And in the book of Revelation in chapter 19 It says that he is coming back And right here in Matthew 24 He says I am coming back And this is what my return will be like I'm coming back You know it says a lot more in the Bible about the second coming of Christ Than it says about the first coming It does It talks about the second coming way more Than it does the first coming of christ and so we believe that we know what's going to happen we know jesus christ is coming back again but he's not coming as a as a baby this time he's not coming as a jewish carpenter this time and and he's not coming as an ethiopian emperor too i just learned what Rastafarians believe this week it blew my mind he's he's not coming in any of those ways no 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 he's coming back as the king of glory do you hear me He's coming back as the Savior of the universe. He's coming back to show us who he really is. When he comes back, there won't be any visage. There won't be any mortal limitations that are holding him back. It won't be that he's made himself a little less than the angels. There won't be any of that stuff. No, 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 no. When Jesus Christ comes back, he will reveal himself to us in his fullness. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. What about where? Where's all this going to take place? Where's Jesus coming back? In the sky. Right? In the sky. I mean, he makes it real clear. The Bible tells us that he's coming back just like he left in Acts 7. How did he leave? He left from the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says that he ascended through the clouds. He ascended through the clouds. I've been to the Mount of Olives. It's really cool. You can see all of Jerusalem. There's a hotel there now. It's really weird. But anyway, you can see all of Jerusalem from there. And the Bible says that he's going to come back. Just like he left. So I think he's gonna plop down just right in the parking lot of that hotel. Maybe I can get a room there. It'd be awesome. He's coming back in the sky. And and, and you know what that means? That means that when he comes back, it's not gonna be some secret thing. That that you know, some people are like some weird like culture, like, well, Jesus came back in the spirit in 1972. Jesus is already here amongst us. Yeah, no, 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 no. And, of course, Jesus here is here amongst us. Praise God for that. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all at once. Like I said, he was here before we got here this morning. He's right here. If you need to touch him today, he's right here. He's right here. But he's coming back in the physical, in the physical, where spiritual is going to come crashing into physical and nothing's ever going to be the same. He's coming back in the sky, and it won't be a surprise. And I mean, it will be a surprise. It won't be a secret, and it won't be anything that anybody can deny. No, he's coming back. Then 1 Thessalonians 4 is that he's going to come down in the sky and call those that are, that are alive in Christ up to him. You are know, the ones that are dead in Christ, he's going to, you know, they're resting in Christ, he's going to call them first. And, and in, in Matthew 24, 27, it says he's going to split open that eastern sky. One of those verses that I love the best, right? Yeah, right where the sun rises, that's where the sun's going to appear. Can somebody say amen? He's coming back in the sky. He's coming back in the sky. Yeah, I man, you can give God praise for that. It's worth it, man. In Revelation 19, it says, I see the heaven standing open. The heaven standing open. Man, they're going to peel back. Yeah, it's one of, the, one, one of the epistles of Peter talking about how the, the, the veil is going to be just like folded back. And we're going to see him. So, man, what's going to happen? Jesus is coming back. Where's all this going to take place? In the sky. So that the whole world can see. So the whole world can see. How's this going to happen? I love this part. And, and my, bro- my brother like, mentioned this a minute ago, man. He's not coming back meek and gentle. No, 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 no. How is this going to happen? In great power. Matthew 24 and 30 says he's going to come back in great power and in great glory. Can you say amen? In great power and in great glory. Check this out. Revelation 19, starting in verse 11. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood. Come on. And his name is the word of God. And the armies of heaven are following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which he will strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads on the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can you say amen? And nobody can stand against him. He's coming back in great power and great glory and and. and Golly, man, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him just in his fullness. And I guarantee you, ain't nobody, do you hear me? Ain't nobody ever going to nail him to a cross again. Can you say amen? No whip is going to touch his flesh, and the crown that he wears is not made of thorns. Can you say amen? And, and, And when they say king of the Jews, it won't be in mocking. It'll be in complete and utter reverence complete and utter reverence. That's how he's coming back. That's the how. But why? Why is he coming back? We need to know this too. Matthew 24 and 31 says that he's coming to call his elect, right? And he'll send his angels to collect them from as far as the east is to the west. He's coming to get us, baby. He's coming to get us. 1 Thessalonians 4 says that those that are dead in Christ will rise first and then those, the rest of us will be changed in the blinking of an eye, right? We'll be called up to meet him in the sky. Revelations 21 and 3 says that he will be our God and we will be his people. Can you say amen? That's why he's coming back. That's why he's coming back to get us. He came the first time to save us. He's coming the second time to claim, to claim us to claim what he paid for so dearly. He's got a ticket, he's got a receipt that he paid for with his blood and he's coming to get what's owed to him. And you know what's owed to him? I'm owed to him. Any of you that have have surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ, those of you that have repented of your old way of thinking and those of you that have surrendered yourself and, 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 and received that beautiful gift of salvation, man, we're owed to him. And he's coming to get what belongs to him. I like that song we sang, right? I belong to you. I belong to you, right? I don't care what the world says. I love what Jen said. I don't care what the world says about me. You know what? I don't even care what I think about me. You know why? Because I'm wrong. All that matters is what he says about me. And he's coming to claim me. He already came to save me. I've already received that gift of salvation. And so when he comes again, he's coming to claim me. He's coming to take me home. He's coming to do what he had already promise to do get this he's coming to get his bride because there's a wedding feast that has to be taken to come on man he's coming to get his bride coming to get his bride so that we can go and experience the wedding feast of the lamb and be in his presence for all of eternity so we can gather around his throne and sing holy 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 all day long can you give him praise for that opportunity today Now look, you guys know a lot about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, they act like it's this great mystery. Oh, it's mysterious. It's not mysterious. I mean, we know everything we need to know. We know what? He's coming back. We know where? In the sky. We know how? In great power and glory. We know why? He's coming to get us and take us home. I mean, that's all we need to know, right? That's all there is to know. Amen. Case closed. Oh, wait. There's one more thing, right? Oh, and this is the one that trips everybody up. This is the one that causes people to gather in weird, like, I don't know, mobile homes and do make weird proclamations out to the world and do strange things and write PDF files that get uploaded onto the internet anyway. <laughs> make, make odd YouTube videos that get millions of views for some reason. Like, I know when Jesus is coming back. It's like, well, that entire statement is heresy, yeah. right? Like, like, like right off the bat, like that entire statement is heretical and sinful in just, right? You just, you're already in sin. Turn that stuff off. Turn that stuff off. The only thing that's left to know is when. We know what, we know where, we know how, we know why. We do not know when and neither does anybody else except the Father himself. And so if somebody tells you that they know when that Jesus is coming back, they're a big old liar. And I, and I mean a big old liar. I don't mean just a little white lie. I mean a big, giant, heretical liar. No one knows except the Father. Now, there's signs. There's signs. I see them, don't you? There's signs all around us. You read this Matthew 24 and it'll have you freaking out. There's signs all around us. And, and Jesus said, just like the sign of the fig tree. You know, when the leaves are sprouting, there's supposed to be something going on there. And obviously there's something going on, obviously, but his coming will be sudden, like the flood. His coming will be with a quickness and catch everybody by surprise, like a thief in the night. His coming is gonna be awe-inspiring and shocking. It's not something that we can predict or nor that we should even try. See, we can know what, we can know where, We can know how, we can know why, but I'm here to tell you today without a shadow of a doubt that only God knows when can you say amen. Only God knows when. Only God knows when. The date for the return of the Son of God is only on one calendar. Only on one calendar. And there's only one being in all of existence that has access to that calendar. And that is Yahweh, Father God, Him, Self, The great I am. The great I am. The one that that, that is and was and is to come. And God is the only one that has access to that calendar. Just him and him alone. And no one else is privy to that information. No one. No one that that has ever lived. No one living now. No one that will ever live knows the day or the hour that the son of God will split that eastern sky and that he'll return in great glory to to claim his bride and to put all the evil in the world to rest. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But what's that mean for us? It means just what we were praying at the beginning of the service. It means that we need to be about the Father's business right now and for all time. It means that we need to be about God's business all the time. It means that we need to do his work. Man, Brother Vince said something Friday night that toasted me, man. He said, if you can't be good, just do good. And I can't be good, so I might as well do some. Yeah, come on, man. Be about the father's business day in and day out. Jesus, when he was 12 years old, his parents were like, where have you been? He's like, didn't you know how to be about my father's business? And here I am, 43 years old. What am I doing? Not being about my father's business like I should be. You know, people should ask me, hey, Paul, where are you at? Being about my father's business all day, every day, never changes. What does this mean to us, man? Be, be preach the gospel in season. And out of season, you should only preach the gospel two different times in life, in season and out of season. That means when you're ready and when you're not ready. That's when you should be ready to share Jesus with somebody, when you want to and when you don't want to. Especially when you don't want to. That's when you should be ready to stand up here and lead worship, when you want to and when you don't want to. (laughs) You should be ready all the time. That's what this is about, man. That's what it means. And and, and I think that's when, that's one of the reasons why he doesn't tell us when he's coming back uh, so that we'll be about his business all day. If we knew when he was coming, I need a broom. I'm gonna get me a broom second service. If we knew when he was coming, we'd be tidying up. Picking up, you know, when somebody's coming over, you're like, let me arrange these books on the shelf. I'll get my Bible out and put it on the coffee table like I've been reading it. Let me hide all the stuff I don't want people to see, right? And put that under there. Or the yard and make sure that the, I don't know, man, all the baby stuff is tucked away somewhere and the, there's not toys everywhere for somebody to trip on. That's just my house. That may not be your house. I don't know, man. It looks like a kindergarten blew up in my living room. <laughs> if we knew when he was coming, we'd get cleaned up right before he got here, wouldn't we? We'd be like, oh, Jesus is coming. We better clean the house. We better take a shower. We better mow the yard. We better do whatever and act right and be right and do right, right? But we don't know. And that's one of the reasons we don't know. So that we'll get our stuff straight now and keep it that way. If you don't want to be doing something when Jesus comes back, don't do that. You hear me? Don't do it. Because I'm telling you. Wake up every day with the expectation that it could be now. It could be today. So if you don't want to be a certain place when Jesus comes back, don't go there. You feel me? If you want to be a certain kind of person when Jesus comes back, be that person. Right now. Right now. Don't start tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. We'll get to that in a minute. If you want to be a certain kind of person when Jesus Christ comes, man, be that person right now. Be that person every single day, man. Don't take a day off. Don't take a day off. Man, I, you know, I, I know I use a lot of football references, but I can't help it. If you get a, if you get a player that takes a play off, that's when a big play happens. If you get a guy on defense that decides he's not going to cover his guy that time, guess who gets the ball? That guy does. It happens every time. It happens every time. I mean, these people are paying attention to what's going on, and if they see you being lazy every other play, they're going to take advantage of that. Be that person now and don't take a day off. Be the person that God wants you to be every single day of your life. I promise you, you won't regret it. Never have I looked back in my life and been like, man, I wish I hadn't have been so Christ-like that day. I should have been a little more selfish with myself, you know. I shouldn't have served the Lord. I, I've I've literally never heard anyone say that. Maybe people have, but... I don't know, man. I, 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 I really can only speak for myself. I've never felt that way, you know? Now, a lot of times before it happens, I'm like, you know what? I really don't feel like serving the Lord today. I think I'll just binge watch Amazon Prime junk all day. I would say Netflix, but I don't have Netflix anymore. You know, sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't feel like going to clean the school today. Ugh. Ugh. seems hard. I don't feel like going to, to preach Jesus to a bunch of homeless suffering people under a bridge today. I don't feel like going into homeless camps and taking people the essential things that they need to live their life today. Don't wanna. I felt like that. Felt like that. But never in my life after I did it have ever been like, man, I wish I hadn't have went to those homeless camps and took people the essentials that they needed for life today. Never. Man, be the person that God wants you to be every single day of your life. You will not regret it. You won't regret it. And and when he comes back and you're in the place you're supposed to be, doing the things you're supposed to do, And being the person that you're supposed to be. Think of the celebration that will take place on that day. On that day. If you need to get your life in order, do it. If you need to get your house in order, do it. Man, if you need to, to step out on faith and do something you never thought you'd be able to do, man, do it. Come on. The fuse is burning. Time is short, man. Do it. And who cares what people think about it, man? If you're doing it for the Lord, do it. Galatians 1.10, it's my life verse. I lean on it every day of my life. I don't live for people. I live for God. If I'm still living for people, I can't be a servant of Christ. Somebody say amen. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care what people think about me. And like I said, I don't even care what I think about myself. Sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, you're an idiot. You're terrible at this. Nobody's paying attention to you. And God says, who are you really? You belong to me. And that means more to me than anything that any person could ever say in my whole life. And it means more than any self-affirmation that I could ever give myself. Who was that fellow on Saturday Night Live back in the day that would look in the mirror and be like, you're important. Yeah, man, none of that. All that's garbage, man. You know know what you need to know about yourself? You need to know what it says in here about you. And then you need to be that, and you need to do that, and you need to live that, and then you need to go and speak that over somebody else. Can you say amen? Yeah, man, give God praise for that. That's true. Where was I? (laughs) Here's the other thing that's even more important, man. Look, Jesus Christ is coming back. He point blank, he's coming back. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. On that day, some people, now it says all the peoples of the world will mourn. That doesn't mean everybody will mourn. It means there will be people from every society, every country, every culture that will mourn. All the peoples of the world will mourn, but not every person will mourn. The people that know Christ will celebrate. The people that don't know Christ will mourn. Right? You understand what I'm saying? The people that know Christ will celebrate his arrival. The people that don't will be like, uh-oh. I want you to be on the right side of the line. There, there will be a line that gets drawn. I love this stuff, man. I'm so glad that I have this. <laughs> And I know you can't see this online. I'll try to describe it real well. Spelled it wrong. Fixed it. On one side, there'll be sheep, right? Sheep that have a shepherd, sheep that belong to the Lord, sheep that have been sanctified, glorified, most importantly, justified on the other side will be goats goats that have no shepherd goats that are not covered in his blood and on this side will be the sheep that get to go home into glory and on this side will be the goats that don't that don't that don't get no glory, that don't get any eternity not because, they, not because God rejected them, listen to me real close because they rejected God they rejected the most beautiful, powerful, amazing love that has ever been experienced in, in, in all that, 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 that is. They, they rejected love, real, true, agape love. They rejected it. And, and so they don't get to be on this side with the sheep, man. They don't get to experience the love of God. He's coming back. If you don't know him as Savior, you please look in your heart Listen to the words that I'm saying. Look in this word of God. L- listen to the songs that we sing, man. Let something penetrate your heart. Look inside yourself and, and see if you if you don't really truly think this is true. If you're waiting on something, stop waiting. If you're waiting for this big mighty emotional moment, man, that's no. No. It's truth. It's truth. It's not tied to emotion. Yeah, sometimes we get emotional. It's great. Emotions are secondary, man. This is truth that I'm talking about. This is truth and grace. The truth is this. Jesus Christ is coming back. And when he does, we need to be on the right side of the line. Can you say amen? And those on the right side of the line are those that have believed that he is God, that he came, that he died for you, that he rose again on the third day. The ones that have repented of their old way of thinking, that have turned away from their sins and towards Jesus Christ. The ones that have surrendered their entire lives to Jesus. Those are the ones that are over here, the ones that are filled with the Holy Spirit. The ones that are sur- live, live a life surrounded by his love. Man, over here. And, and the invitation is open to you all. The invitation is open to you all, man. He died on the cross for you, for you. His blood is available to you. His spirit is available to you. The life that he gave is available to you, and it doesn't start after you die. It can start today. Your eternity can begin right here, right now. So man, if that's you, here in just a few minutes, man, we're going to have an altar call. If that's you today, man, if that's you, come on. You know, we're going to baptize Miss Vicky here in just a second. If you ain't never been baptized, we can do that too. I'm just saying, man, yeah, give God praise for that. Come on. And I say that to say this. Probably most of the people in this room, maybe there's not everybody, which is great. If you're not saved and you're here, praise God. You're in the right place. But probably a huge percentage of us in here already know the Lord is Savior already given our life over to him, already surrendered everything to him and, and are guaranteed to be in this sheep gate, right? Guaranteed. Because he said it was true. But I guarantee you know somebody that's not. Yeah, yeah, you're right when I said that. Somebody's face popped in your head, didn't it? Somebody did. And those of us that live with an expectation that he could come back anytime see how much time I got left, man. Those of us that come with an expectation of how much time that, uh, that we have left before he comes back should live with a heart that is broken for those that don't know Jesus. And man, once again, Friday night, our New Life meeting, I was just broken, man. I was just broken. Now, you know, uh, Pastor Vince taught about the, you know, uh, my favorite version is out of Mark chapter two where they, they lowered the man through the roof to get to Jesus. And I was like, man, how many roofs have I torn off lately? Not enough. Not enough. I'm the one that, that waits for people to be brought to me. And that's silly, man. That's silly. We need to be out there in the world. We got to go. We got to leave the 99 and go after the one, man. It's, 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 it's so important. I've got people in my life, and I know that they don't know Jesus. Or there's people in my life that I'm not sure if they know Jesus. And either way, man, I need to do everything I can every time I get an opportunity every day to make sure they know, to make sure they know. Now, I can't force them to believe, but I can make sure they know. Can you say amen? That's my challenge to you today. You can't save them. You can't save them. You can't make them believe. But you can make sure that they know, that they know. And when you make sure they know, your job is done. But you got to make sure they know. You got to make sure they know. Got to make sure because only God knows only God knows when. Only God knows when. But you know this doesn't just apply it doesn't just apply to the second coming of Christ. Only God knows when a lot of other things too. Only God knows when you'll be healed. Only God knows when you'll be delivered. Only God knows when that prodigal child is going to come home. Only God knows when this new child is going to be delivered. (sighs) Only God knows when. But only God knows when that prayer will be answered. Only God knows when that chain will be broken. Only God knows when. And so the question is today, do we trust God with when? Do we trust God with when? Do we trust God when we're ready, but it's not when? Do we trust God when we're not ready, but it's when? Do we trust God when he says wait? Do we trust God when he says hurry? Do we trust God that his timing is going to be exactly right in spite of when we think it should happen? Do we trust God with our when? Do we trust Him that His healing is going to be right on time? Do we trust Him that the salvation He brings is going to be right on time? Do we trust Him that His Son is going to come back at the exact right moment? You know, I was in active addiction for a little over 10 years. 10 years I was out there doing it all. If you can imagine, I've done it. I was so hooked into all that sin drugs and violence and everything else that you can imagine. My life was filled with darkness. It was an abyss of, of sin and hate and apathy and destruction and I destroyed myself and everyone around me and I know that my family was going when we've prayed we've trusted when 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 and I know that my mom and my grandparents and, and my aunt and, and, and so many of my friends and people in my life, man, were, were on altars going, when, God, when? And I know some of y'all are in that same position right now going, God, when? Listen, God knew when. God knew what it was going to take. And God knew when it was going to happen. God knows when. God knew When? God knew the very moment that I was going to lay that garbage down in my life and never pick it up again. He knew when. He knew when. And his timing, perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm 43 years old. I'm having a brand new baby. It's fine. Because God knew when. God knew when Logan was going to be born. God knew what was gonna happen when we lost our second child. God knew when Titus was gonna be born and God knew exactly when we needed this new baby that said I'm gonna be 61 years old when it graduates from high school. But he ain't never been wrong before, so I don't know why I think he would be wrong now. See, God knows when and his timing is perfect. He's better than a Rolex. He's better than a Timex. He's better than any kind of X that you could ever, ever have. Can you say amen? He's an on-time God. He was right then, and he's right now. And when he decides to split that eastern sky open and bring Jesus Christ back to earth, he'll be right then too. Can you say amen? He'll be right then uh, too. Ah. The question is, do we really trust his timing? Listen, you need to trust God for what? You need to trust God for where? You need to trust God for how? You need to trust God for why? And you most assuredly, even when we hate it, even when we wish that he'd hurry up, and even when we wish he'd wait a while, you must trust God with when? When? With when. And maybe that when is right now for somebody. Maybe it's right here. Maybe it's right now. Maybe God is about to be somebody's when as we speak. Maybe it's time for you to cross over from this side to this side over here. In the book of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 and and 9, the, the Bible says that, remember this, that to the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. God doesn't tarry like some people think. He waits patiently because it's his desire that all would come to repentance, that all would come to salvation, that every single person would surrender themselves to Jesus Christ and cross over this line. That's what he's waiting for. But I've said this before and I want to reiterate it to you today.